It is time to check in with the Vancouver Suns' Vaughn Palmer for the view from Victoria. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. We are talking more about uh, what you predicted quite uh, rightfully yesterday, the ICBC rate freeze. Yes, the ICBC rate freeze. And, uh, Jill, is there a more reliable narrative in our business that when political parties get into government, they will do exactly what they used to deplore when they were in opposition. <laughs> you know, it's almost like a prerequisite. The New Democrats just thought it was awful the way the BC Liberals interfered politically in ICBC and told it what to do, whether it added up financially or not, and and interfered politically in the regulator, the BC Utilities Commission, and it's supposed to be independent and told it what to do. And then they get into government and they want a rate freeze and the premier comes out yesterday and says uh, ICBC rates are frozen for two years. Well, hang on there. (laughs) Mike Farmer speaks next. He's the minister for ICBC and he says, well, actually what's going to happen is we've told ICBC, because the cabinet tells ICBC what to do, we've told ICBC to apply to the regulator, the Utilities Commission, for a two-year rate freeze. Okay, so they're going to apply. Well, what if the commission looks at the books and the finances, supposed to do, and says, ah, this is actually not affordable. ICBC is in serious financial trouble, and uh, a rate freeze isn't affordable, so we're not going to approve it. Well, I asked that question to David Eby, and he ducked the question. He said, well, you know, we'll review whatever the commission says, which is not an answer, so I ask it again. And he said, well, we'll review what the commission says. So there's your answer. The commission is free, Jill, to do uh, what it sees fit and make its recommendations, but uh, it's free so long as it agrees with the cabinet, which already (laughs) thinks that the rate freeze is affordable, even though... And hey, it was in the financial statements the government itself put out two weeks ago, even though ICBC is on the verge, is is projected to lose $300 million this year, in a year in which it was supposed to make $300 million. That's a huge reversal in ICBC's finances. That doesn't say affordable to me. But it says affordable to the government. So could it go one of two ways? The commission comes back and says this actually isn't affordable for the reasons you just laid out. And then the government says, oh, sorry, we tried. Or what I was thinking they will do is they will just say, fine, and we'll make it an order in council. We're going to go ahead and go over the head of the utility commission, which again brings into question, why do we have this independent body? Well, Jill, I kind of lean toward the second option, which is the cabinet tells the commission to approve it anyway. And the reason I think that is because the NDP cabinet has already this year twice ordered the commission to never mind the finances, do it. And they did it with the ICBC rebate in the spring. They ordered the commission to approve it, no questions asked. And remember, day one, David Eby announced this big BC Hydro credit. Well, he also passed the cabinet order, the government did, uh, saying to the BC Utilities Commission, just approve this, right? Don't come back and tell us whether it's affordable or not. Don't review it. Do it. So I would say the pattern is already established that the New Democrats just tell ICBC and BC Hydro what to do, and then they tell the commission what to do because it's so damned inconvenient having these 
independent regulators out there second-guessing the cabinet and saying, well, wait a minute, the, the numbers don't add up here. It's not actually affordable, and it's our job to point it out. Um, you know, ICBC's CEO, Nicholas Jimenez, got asked yesterday. I mean, he's already been told what to do, apply for a rate freeze, right? So, mm-hmm. But he gets asked yesterday, like, is this affordable? And he says, well, you, you'd see it is affordable if you looked at the thousands of pages that we're sending to the BC Utilities Commission to justify this. Well, I'll just point out that he didn't give us access to the thousands of pages, so we'll just have to take his and the cabinet's word that the freeze is affordable. Hmm. And did he, so it was just that there's look at these thousands or don't look at these thousands of pages, but trust me, but uh, and no other details. Yeah, if you knew what I knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if, if we took orders from the cabinet room, we'd bloody well know too. I mean, look, you talked to ICBC about like, the loss, because the loss was there in the financial statements from the government, which, you know, presumably the government, well, let's assume the government knew what it was doing when it put those numbers in the quarterly financial report on November the 25th. ICBC was supposed to make $327 million this year, and it's headed for a $300 million loss. They say, oh, well, you know, that's just a loss on our investments. Oh, right, so that's no big deal, okay? And Yet their own financial statements also show a, a big spike in the cost of settling claims. Again, I'm just quoting a number in the government's financial statements. So, And we just heard, Jill, uh, last week uh, from the government's Economic Forecasting Council that BC is headed for basically flat economic growth next year, one-half of 1% growth. So again, that doesn't tell me that we're headed for a good financial year. We go through all this. Oh, and something really interesting that happens after the premiers ducked the question twice and Jimenez has told us, look at at our, our paper, which he's not giving us, um, we discovered there's a cabinet order was passed and posted yesterday morning. We weren't told about it. We didn't discover it until afterward. And the cabinet order basically tells, hey, the Utilities Commission what it's supposed to do. And you're going to love this. The, hmm. the, the order to the, cab, to the Utilities Commission says the Utilities Commission shall not approve a rate change for the next two years, unless ICBC happens to apply for one. Well, we've already been told that ICBC has been ordered not to apply for a rate increase. So doesn't that sound like they've already told the Utilities Commission uh, you can't do anything other than keep the rates flat? We asked them about this. Government scrambled to say, no, no, that's not what it means at all. But Joe, you know, if if the cabinet order (laughs) weren't an embarrassment, don't you think they would have told us about it beforehand, before EB and Mike Farnworth had left the platform, and we couldn't wave the cabinet order around and say, what does this mean, right? Explain it. Well, the explanation, you know, until, until I... Uh, see something more plausible from the government, I would say they've already ordered the Utilities Commission not to approve a rate increase. And on the unlikely event that the commission goes, well, we figured out a way to get around this, they'll step in, as you suggest, and order the commission to approve the rate freeze anyway. 
And if that's not what that cabinet order means, then what else could it possibly mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're, if you're really letting the commission do, act independently, why did you issue an order to it at all? So, you know, where does this head? Well, you know, we've talked, I've talked to Rick McCandless. We all rely on him for his independent reviews of ICBC finances. And his initial take on this, and I'm sure he'll have one of his discussion papers out soon, is if they're wrong about it being affordable and they go ahead with the freeze anyway, that somewhere down the line, ICBC's finances will be in trouble. And his speculation is that the government will do what the liberal government used to do, which is they would raid ICBC's cash reserves. The cash reserves are there to pay future claims, but you can raid them in the short term. That's what the liberals used to do. They treated ICBC like an ATM machine. And the speculation is that's what the NDP would have to do, too. They only have to make the numbers work till after the next election. So, you know, it's only two years. Uh, David Eby said we'd never do that yesterday. But, you know, that's another one of those that was then. And this is now moments, I say. I mean, I you know, I'm sure people out there are delighted that their ICBC rates are going to freeze for two years. And heavens only knows there's a lot of people out there under financial pressures. But the thing about anything that the government does like this, like freezing ICBC rates or taking money out of ICBC or deferring BC hydro costs is sooner or later, the bills have to be paid. It's just that you may not know till after the election what the bills are and what it's going to cost to pay them. And uh, just looking at the the irony of the when they were so angry at the Liberals for doing that, and it's fine that they're saying they won't, but it seems like another case of we won't until we do. Yeah, there should be over the uh, door of the Premier's office, there should be a (laughs) motto engraved that says, that was then, this is now, because every government does this, right? I'm not, not for a moment should the Liberals be left off the hook on this one. When they were in opposition, they they deplored political interference in ICBC and BC Hydro and the Utilities Commission, and then they got into government and did it. And the New Democrats are now playing out the same storyline. And you can roll your eyes or be cynical or say whatever you want. But what I'd say at the moment is, yeah, we're headed for an ICBC rate freeze for two years because the government has the power to order it. But we won't know what that costs or what it will do to ICBC finances. We may not know for a couple of years. We uh, will wait and see what happens on this one. Vaughn, thank you so much for this. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye-bye, Jill.